Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Yes, today is going to be a great day at church. Come on, put your hands together. I want to welcome... Uh, I want to welcome all of our locations, uh, those of you watching online, and maybe you kind of got stuck in the traffic and you decided to go back home. All things are well here at Celebration, but we're glad that you're t- uh, turning in uh, online today. Uh, I just want to say it's great to be back. I've been in uh, Africa the past couple of weeks. I've been over with our Celebration uh, family over there, Celebration Church Zimbabwe, And uh, church, I just want to say that uh, God is doing some amazing things over there. I want to thank you for your giving. I want to thank you for your prayers. Uh, You know, we were over there and it really is to see what God is doing and how really Celebration Zimbabwe has really gone to to another level in these last couple of years. And uh, you know, we have 18 locations now in the nation of Zimbabwe. Yeah, give God a hand. And... We're, uh, and, and um, we're building three buildings. We're about to complete one of our churches. We're starting construction on two others. Uh, we're feeding over 25,000 kids every single day, Monday through Friday. How about that? 25,000 kids. Um, we're providing clean water, education, so many things over there. So really, we're really gonna amp up our mission trips uh, over to Zim in this next year. We'll probably have six or seven trips. I really encourage you to pray about going on a trip. I really think uh, that a trip over there uh, will change your life. And uh, we just had a great time over there. You know, of course, um, I had to hunt a couple of animals. I had to, because look, when pastor goes over there, now we're feeding them, you know, the oatmeal kind of stuff, you know, Monday through Friday. But come on, when pastor comes over there, those kids need some steaks. Those kids need some meat. You know what I'm saying? Pastor can't be showing up with another bowl of oatmeal for everybody. They, and so in, in Zimbabwe, there's a big overpopulation problem with kudu and, you know, these different deer-type African animals. And so come on, church, it's all about the kids, right? I'm just trying to help the kids. I'm just trying to feed the children. <laughs> but we really did. Have a great time. And it's, it's great to be back. I'm wrapping up our uh, Unlikely Saints uh, series today. And I'm really excited about next weekend, man. I'm excited about Serve Day. I cannot wait to get out. I'm gonna be at several of the outreaches uh, next week. And we're really gonna let our light shine and show the love of Jesus. Amen. And uh, remember, you can sign up online, sign up on our app, or we have a lot of booths out there uh, as you're leaving today at all of our locations where you can sign up as well. And I wanna talk about uh, being that light, being that city set on a hill uh, today. So if you have your Bibles, I wanna read two passages of scripture really quick. I know we started late today, so I'm gonna kinda uh, try to roll through this pretty quickly. I wanna read Matthew chapter Five verses 14 through 16, it says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Everybody say good works. They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
And then Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Everybody say good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I wanna talk to you about a subject today that I think is, is misunderstood in much of the body of Christ. And I think the reason that it's misunderstood is because there's so much focus put on grace and rightfully so because we're saved by grace and we walk in grace and we cannot earn God's love or acceptance or approval. That was all provided through Jesus. But there's, there's this very important subject of what the Bible calls good works everywhere in the Old and especially the New Testament. So I wanna bring some context uh, to this and really unpack some truth today that I think will really understand the purpose of what the Bible calls good works, what that does in you and what that does for you. And so I've entitled this message, Thy Kingdom Come. Thy kingdom come. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, God. Lord, help us today to understand what the Bible is really talking about when it says good works, Jesus. You refer to doing good works so many times. We understand we're not saved by works, Lord, but we are called to do good works. And we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you could just put Matthew chapter 5. 14 through 16 back up here. Look what it says. It says, You're, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. I'm gonna go back to that in just a moment. But uh, you know, we're planting a church in Fort Lauderdale. We have the public grand opening uh, next month in August. Come on, can you give God a big, big hand for that? And uh, it'll be Celebration Fort Lauderdale. So now we have Celebration Orlando, also Celebration uh, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, we've been building that team for over a year now We've got a great team, they're ready to go, great facility. They'll be launching in the middle of next month. But I've been going down there a lot, flying down there a lot over the past year, helping to train and raise up uh, the team down there. So I've gotten very familiar with this flight back and forth from Jacksonville to Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale to Jacksonville. Many times when I'm flying back from Fort Lauderdale, it's at night, it's the evening flight. And if it's a clear sky, because over this past year, I've flown it so many times, I've learned how I can recognize cities just by the way that they're lit. So as I'm coming back from Fort Lauderdale, when we're coming into a city, I'll be like, oh, that's Orlando. I've come to recognize the lights coming from Orlando. And then, you know, then you kind of veer right a little bit and I I recognize, oh, that's Daytona. And then go up a little bit more and that's St. Augustine. Then I can recognize as as we're coming in to Jacksonville, I, I don't need some kind of flight map. I don't need anyone to tell me what that city is. The way that I recognize What city that is, is through the pattern presented by the lights. See, if we were flying over Orlando and just a few of the lights were lit, I couldn't recognize that that was Orlando. If we were flying over Daytona and and all of the lights weren't lit, just a few lights were lit, I wouldn't be able to recognize that that's Daytona. I'm able to recognize what city it is because of the lights. All the lights are lit up 
And those lights give a pattern and I can see what city that is. This is what Jesus is talking about here in the first part of Matthew chapter five and verses 14 right here. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, if you will let your light shine, if all of us can let our light shine together, not just a few, it's gonna put a recognizable pattern out to people that this is not an earthly city, but this is a heavenly city, that there's a heavenly kingdom here, and they're gonna be able to recognize that this is the love of God. They're gonna be able to recognize Oh, come on, you can clap, you can clap, it's okay. People will recognize that this is God. And so how do we show, how do we all let our light shine? How do we present this, this city to the world? Well, people will look at it and be, not Orlando, wow. Well, that's, that's Jesus. That's what God's kingdom is like. That's what the heavenly is like. So look what he says. Here's how you're gonna do this, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Good works. Your good works. And then they will glorify your Father in heaven. This word good works here in the Hebrew, it's the word mitzvah. And what this word mitzvah means is to partner with God to repair the world, therefore showing his love. If you want the big he, going back to the Greek and then to the Hebrew meaning of this word, it means a whole lot. It's like we're partnering with God to mend the brokenness of the world. And in doing so, we show God's love and intent for wholeness to others. How do we let our light shine? Through good works. Now, now, here's the thing. In Jewish culture, Jewish culture really understands good works. If you talk to Messianic Jews or Jewish Christians, they have no, there, there, there's not a lot of confusion about being saved by grace, but understanding the importance of good works. That's really very much so here in the West. There's just this, whatever it is, like we're, we're kind of afraid, and that's why I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about good works and how important they are. It's, it's almost like we so want people to understand that they're saved by grace and they can't earn brownie points with God. God accepts them uh, for who they are, not for what they do. And that it, Jesus did it all on the cross and that salvation is a free gift and grace is free. So like when you come to church today, we don't worship for grace. Come on, we worship from grace. We're already accepted by God through Jesus. So we walk in grace. And I think because we so emphasize grace and rightfully so, many times works can almost get this kind of, well, that's not really significant or it's not really important, but actually Jesus and the New Testament teach just the opposite. What Jesus is teaching here is that people cannot see God's kingdom except through good works. They won't be able to see it. And the reason why Jewish people uh, have a much better understanding in, in this is because it's very common and mainstream uh, in rabbinic teaching. What the rabbis teach is, is that when sin entered the world, God's world was perfect and God's world was whole. And when sin entered the world, it shattered 
the world into millions and millions of pieces. Brokenness, the shattering. The Hebrew teaching is called tekom uh, alam. It's the, the break, it, it's, it's the breaking, the shattering of the world. And what the rabbis taught was the only way that the world can come back to wholeness is through good works. And every time we do a good work, it's like we're picking up just one of the broken pieces and we're putting it back in its proper place through one act of kindness at a time. Come on. Through one act of service at a time. Through one act of sacrifice at a time, what we're doing as the body of Christ is we're taking a piece of brokenness and we're putting it back in its proper place. And when we do that, you know what we show the world? God's intention for you is wholeness. God's kingdom is about wholeness and about love and about salvation. And without, but without good works, people will never be able to see God's intent for wholeness. Come on, how many of you are, it, it, you're, do, do you see how important that is? Okay, so, so, so how, many, how many of you grew up in, in a church, you went to church some, and, uh, and you knew the Our Father, the Our Father prayer? Anybody, so, so when I was growing up, I mean, I didn't know Jesus at all. I mean, I was far from God, but my parents every now and then, they would bring us uh, to church. And if there's one thing I learned quick, come on, it was our father. And I was totally disconnected for the entire service. But when, the, our, when it was time to recite the our father, come on with it. I, that, was, that was my time to shine. I could do the religion. I could do this part of the religion. I can do the Our Father. And, and so, I mean, I memorized that thing. I could say it in 10 seconds. Our Father who art in heaven. Now, now, watch. I recite the Methodist version, which is the correct version of the Our Father, if any of y'all are wondering. Okay? I'd say it so far. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, not sins, trespasses. Because with the Methodists, we don't want to say sin. It's kind of a trespass. You know, we crossed over to the wrong side of the property line for just a moment. We're going to get back over here. <laughs> My mom's over there laughing. She remembers it. Forgives our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Glory. Glorify God. Look at the end of that scripture. And glorify your Father in heaven. Now, once I received Jesus and I had a relationship with Jesus, I learned, like many of us have learned, that the Our Father is not just a prayer to memorize and recite. But as Jesus taught, it's, it's, he said, in this manner pray. It's an outline. It's a, it's a map of prayer that helps us in how to approach God. He's our heavenly father. And there's all these things in here. We teach it in our growth track class. It's like an outline to help you pray and have a time of devotion and approach God. And so when I would pray that part about thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Initially, I always thought that that thy kingdom come, that was like, okay, 
Lord Jesus, come. One day your future kingdom is gonna be here and it's just kind of like a, you know, Lord, I want you to come back. That kind of prayer. But as I began to study the Our Father and begin to study that phrase, uh, thy kingdom come, I found out that it meant something much, much different. And in fact, if you look at that word, thy kingdom come, that word come, it means, watch this, it means to make public, to demonstrate, to show, to bring out a recognizable pattern. That word come. What, when we pray thy kingdom come, what we're praying, it's a prayer of agreement that's saying, Father God, I agree to partner with you in mitzvah, the Hebrew word for good works. I, I agree to partner with you in mitzvah that I'm gonna look for opportunities to do good works so that I can show others your kingdom, so that I can make public your kingdom, so that people can see what kind of kingdom you have, what kind of good king that you are, and they will glorify you. Do you see? So when we're praying, Lord, thy kingdom come, that's not like some future prayer, you know, hey, Jesus, come back as soon as possible. No, when we're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, that's a daily prayer. When we're praying, thy kingdom come, we're saying, Lord, I'm gonna partner with you today to do good works because if good works are not done, people aren't gonna be able to see your kingdom. Your kingdom's gonna stay hidden. It's not gonna be public. It's not gonna be demonstrated. It's gonna be hidden. And so you see now in the Bible why things like uh, tithing and serving, God is so direct with those things. Why? Because what? Good works have to be funded. Do you see? And people can't see God's kingdom, they can't glorify our heavenly father for his goodness unless God's people publicly displays the kingdom that can only be done with good works. See, a lot of times when we think of uh, whatever, being good or good work, we just think, okay, you know, obeying the Bible, I'm gonna you know, do this and it's really about character stuff and all that. And yes, that's a very important component. But good works is different. Good works are acts of kindness, service, or sacrifice to others. It's taking a piece of what was broken and putting it back into its rightful place, a place of wholeness. And when that's done in the love of God, and by the Holy Spirit, supernaturally, it shines a light. And for the first time, many people are able to see what God is like, what his kingdom is like, that he is for them, that he loves them, that he wants them whole. See, that's done one sandwich at a time, one water bottle at a time, one nursing home visit at a time. One hug at a time. One, buying somebody's coffee one at a time. Oh, come on, you can give God a better hand than that. It's good works. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter two 
8 through 10. So, so watch, here's the grace part, right? For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So that's real, real clear. We're, we're not saved by works. We don't earn special merit with God because of our works. That's not the purpose of works. We are saved by grace. God accepts us and loves us for who we are no matter what we do or don't do when we receive Jesus. We're saved by grace. But watch this. Look at verse 10 though. Here's the second half or the second part of this statement here. For we are his workmanship. Did you know this? Did you, did you know that you are God's good work? Some of you look at your life and you look at your faults and you look at your humanity and you look at your failures and you say, you know what, I'm a flawed work. I'm a messed up work. Some of you might even say I'm a bad work. Not in God's eyes. In God's eyes, you're a good work. You're his work. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He has uniquely made you. And here's the beautiful thing. Of course you have mistakes. Of course you have flaws. Of course you have sins. Of course you have all that other, uh, all, all of that stuff. That's the purpose of grace. Grace bridges the gap. It fills the gap. It covers all your flaws and sins and mistakes so that you can realize that God loves you no matter what. And come on, you're a good work because you're his work. Hey, God don't do bad work. When you, when you disown yourself, you're dissing on God. You're saying, God, you don't do good work. I'm here to tell you differently that God only does good work, and you are his good work, and you are his workmanship. Look at the rest. Workmanship, look, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Mitzvah, partnering with God to repair the world, to mend the world, to take the pieces of, of, of the, that were shattered and, and put them back in their rightful place to show people's God's intent for wholeness. Look, look, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. So you're a good work. You're created for good works. And look what it says about them. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here's what I wanna say about grace, if I can just boil it all down to something real simple that you can remember about grace and works, okay? We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. We're not saved by good works. Come on, you can clap there, you can clap. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. That's what Ephesians 2 Eight through 10 is summing up for us. And here's the, here's the awesome thing. God has good works prepared for you. And you notice this, it says that you should walk in them. Not that you will walk in them all the time, but that you should walk in them. Here's what that means. That means, I remember that kingdom come it's a daily prayer. I believe that every day that God has divine appointments for us set up that watch if we can see with a God filter and we can be sensitive to where and when those opportunities are, 
we will have opportunities every single day to do small acts of kindness and simple acts of sacrifice to do a good work for somebody else. And whether you realize it or not, when you do that, you're showing them Jesus and they're getting a view into what God's kingdom looks like and the kind of good king that rules that kingdom. So, so, what, so if you think about serve day, what's serve day? So serve day is a big day where we obviously have all these good works prepared for you, set up for you to walk in, or we can all have our lights on. Come on, not just some. If just some of the lights are on, that's not really a recognizable kingdom. All of our lights are on, and we're gonna shine that light in our community, and people are gonna say, okay, that's what God is like. That's what God's kingdom is like. That's what Jesus is like. But when it comes to good works, here's what I found out. When it comes to good works, you have to, you have to see the opportunity. Saturday serve day. That's an obvious opportunity. You know, um, speaking of realizing the opportunity, when I was in Africa, uh, Johannesburg is kind of the major hub city for Southern Africa. And um, so anywhere that you're flying, you go through Johannesburg. And um, well, Johannesburg is an interesting airport. And uh, it's a beautiful airport. It's one of the nicest in the world. They, they redid it about five years ago when, when uh, Joburg hosted the World Cup. So, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing airport. However, let's just say that uh, security is a little bit lax, okay? And there are several scams and rackets going on in the Johannesburg airport. And the only way that you will become familiar with all these is to be someone like myself who travels there often and who experiences them enough where you know the next time, okay, I'm not falling for that one. Okay, I know that. Okay, I realize now that just because someone comes to me in a Delta uniform with a Delta tag does not necessarily mean that they work for Delta when they wanna take my bag. <laughs> better be on it. You better be on it. <laughs> and so, uh, so, you know, I kind of, I've, I've been there enough. I kind of know the deal. I know the system. I know what to do. I know what not to do, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, not a bad pride, but I kind of have a like, okay, I, I know what's going on. I know what's going on, you know. And so uh, we were coming back from Zimbabwe, going through Johannesburg and, uh, I was sitting in the very front seat of the airplane. Now, this plane did not have first class. I wasn't in first class. However, I just wanna take this opportunity to tell all of you that I do fly business class when I can, so deal with it. I fly a zillion miles, I have so many points, and I'm telling you this, if I'm going somewhere and I'm preaching four or five times the next day, you better believe if I can point up to business class, I'm gonna do it, and you ought to thank God that your pastor can have enough rest and time to study. See, I see what some of, some of y'all are looking at me like this. Uh -uh, uh -uh. No, don't clap now, it's too late. Some of them, I don't like you flying business class, you. 
Here's, if you're ever on a plane with me and you see me in business class, you come to me and I will give you my seat. I will do a good work to show you the kingdom of Jesus. <laughs> McDuffie knows, right? McDuffie, you can have my seat. If, if we're ever on the same flight. By the way, why didn't you come with me to Africa? I had no organ. I had translators. Well, let's talk later. But anyway. <laughs> so anyway, here's the thing. I never want to sit in the front seat, okay? Why? Because y'all know if you sit in the very front seat of the airplane, you can't store your bag underneath the seat in front of you. And I just have this thing, especially, you know, passport and wallet and all those really important things. I don't like putting them in my bag and having to put them overhead. There's other bags up there. I just don't trust it, especially going through Joe Burke. Okay. So, so they put me in the, the front row of the plane and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my wallet and passport out and I'm gonna put it, I'm thinking, okay, if I put my pocket, it could fall out, da, da, da. I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna put it right in front of me on that magazine holder. I'll be looking at it the whole time. Surely, I won't forget my passport <laughs> and my wallet. Surely, right? Of course, we land, you know, Dixon, some of the Zim team are with me and my son, Stowe, so, so we land. Sure enough, I get off the plane, guess what I forgot? my wallet, and my passport in Joburg. Oh my gosh. We, so we have to go from a bus to the airport terminal. I get on the bus. I'm not on the bus 30 seconds. I realize I've left it. So the woman is there. I said, uh, um, you, you have to call. I left my wallet and my passport, and she gave me the look like, you don't leave your wallet and passport in Joburg. I'm like, look, I'm just call, just call, just call. She calls, we've been on the bus 30 seconds. Sure enough, she looks at me, she said, well, they found your passport, but uh, your wallet is gone. 30 seconds, man, that crew had got in there. And since what I've learned, there's a lot of racketeering um, crews there. In fact, the woman that was trying to help me, she just got out. There's actually like, if you're working for this part of the airline or in this part of the airport, if you tell on anybody in the rackets, like say, hey, they stole this or they stole that, like it, you're threatened. They actually have their own airport and airline like witness protection program. Yes, this woman just got out of it because she told on somebody. So they had to send her to another part of the airport for a couple of weeks while they worked everything out and felt like there was no more threat to her. Yes, and this is why all of you need to take mission trips to Zimbabwe next year. You just go through Joburg real quick. Don't worry, people to help you. But uh, so anyway, so, so, so it was gone. We get to the, the, the terminal and the woman's there um, helping me. And I said, look, the, the head of that cleaning crew, get him to bring me the passport. Just get him to bring me the passport. Tell him I'm not mad or anything like that. So this, he comes with my passport. They say the wallets, you know, they never saw a wallet. It was never there. And, uh, yeah. And, um, bring me my passport. It's this kid, man. He's like 18 or 19. And he just comes and he hands me my passport and we go inside. I say, listen, y'all can keep the cash. I don't care about, I mean, it's just like 80 or hundred bucks or something. I said, y'all can keep the cash. I'm not going to say anything. Will you please just bring me my wallet back? 
you won't get in. The credit cards are, are going to be canceled. There's, you're not going to get any use. Can you just save me the hassle? You can keep the money. I won't say anything. Just bring me my wallet back. And he was kind of taken back. I don't think he was expecting that. So he was kind of taken back. And he just kind of, I'll never forget those eyes. And he was just kind of looking at me like he was thinking. And uh, it really, I could see like really sweet kid. I mean, you know, he's just, it's his life. It's what he's grown up in. And, and, and he's kind of thinking. And it was weird. I felt this like connection with him. And so I'm saying, look, just, just bring it back. Keep the money. I don't care. And so then he, st he starts looking at me. He says, yeah, so like maybe what happened was your wallet fell out, even though it was basically rubber band with your passport. It fell out of the thing and, and rolled on the ground. And that's why we didn't see it. I was like, yes. yes. See, he's asking for a way out. Do you see what he's doing? He's wanting a way out. I'm giving him a way out. I'm like, that's exactly what happened. And when it fell down on the ground, I bet the money just fell out. And then the cleaning person with the vacuum blower blew the cash all over the plane. It's definitely gone. Will you just please bring me my wallet? And he just sat there and he stared. It was just like staring at me. And it was just like this weird, and he said, he said, okay. Finally said, okay. And so he goes back. I think he's gonna bring me back my wallet. And the girl that was with me that works for the airline and the airport, she's like, oh, he, he definitely has it. That's his crew that has it. And as he's going back, she says, you know, the only thing, she tells me her story. I just got out of the witness protection program. <laughs> like, what? Like the airport, the airline witness. Uh, and so she said, I ratted on a guy. Um, and so she explained to me this whole thing that I'm telling to y'all about witness protection. And she said, she said, so the only thing is those guys know that I tell. And I, I wouldn't do, do that. I mean, but you, they might be scared just to bring it back anyway. Sure enough, he calls back on the radio 15 minutes later. And uh, he's like, no, no, we couldn't find the wallet. And uh, so we go on and uh, everything's fine, cancel everything. And then we're in the car and we're going to this place where we're going in South Africa. And it was a long ride, it was about a two hour ride and it just kept bothering me, the whole thing. And I'm, I'm even thinking, why am I so bothered by this? It was just 80 bucks, all my stuff's canceled. I have my passport, I, I'm, good. I'm, just, I'm just bothered and I'm bothered. And, and uh, finally, I just can't, I can't let it go. And so I start praying. I'm like, God, what is, I need to get the victory here. Why is this bothering me so much? And that kid's face, his, those eyes kept coming to my mind. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you did not honor me to that boy. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me again and said, I sent him to you. I wanted you to show him who I was. But you were more concerned about your wallet than you were for his soul. God. And I could see that kid's eye, those eyes. And then I start connecting the dots, how he just lingered how I felt this weird connection. And it was like the Holy Spirit, I sent him to you. But you were so concerned 
about getting your wallet back, you couldn't see what I wanted to do. And I could think, I thought, started thinking about all the things I could have done. You know, you know what I could have said? I could have told the, the kid, hey, listen, I forgive you. Keep the wallet, keep the cash. I don't care about that, but you know what I do care about? I care about your relationship with Jesus. There's a snack place right there. I could have bought him a sandwich. I could have given him a hug. I'm with my carry-on. I could have, I could have given him something else. I could have given him a celebration t-shirt. I could have hugged him and told him about a great church right down the road from the Joburg Airport that I preach at sometimes. But what happened? I didn't see that good work that I should have walked in because I was so consumed with my own petty things. And I think, unfortunately, that's what happens so much in life. We get so bogged down with so many cares and our own petty stuff, we, can, we can't see that we have an opportunity to possibly change eternity for someone that's standing right in front of us. And I'll never forget this. Listen, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Just give me a few more minutes. I, I know it's, I know it's, we started late and all that. Listen, I'll never forget this. I hadn't prayed a prayer like this in a while, but this got my attention. I'll never forget the rest of that ride home. You know what my prayer was? Father God, please send that young man, somebody else that will obey you and not disobey you like I did. Please send someone else to do the good work that I was unable to do because I was so focused on my stupid little petty temporal things. See. You see, this is, this is good works, church. Listen, this is, this is good works. Good, good, it's, it's just, it's seeing the opportunity and it's just one thing. It's one hug. It's one water bottle. It's one sandwich. It's one, let me tell you what God did for me. It's one, can I pick you up for church? It's a visit to the nursing home. It's a trip in the park. It's the hundreds of, of, of small acts of service and kindness that we have planned for this Saturday. It's just these little things that we think are insignificant but God is saying, no, you don't under, uh, understand. It's, it's those small little acts of service and kindness that demonstrate for people and show them my kingdom. They won't see my kingdom if you don't do good works. They won't see my love if you don't do good works. How can they know who I am and what kind of a God I am if we don't do good works? How can we show them what God is like unless we get out and unless we show them through the love of Jesus? Oh, come on, I want you to stand to your feet. Come on, let's praise Him. Come on, give Him some worship. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.